And welcome back to AR Tales, aka the ART Podcast. I am AR Mirabada, and today I am joined by Jamari Wright, brilliant multi-genre author of Redeeming the Cat. It is a play on a whole bunch of different topics, the 10 simple ideas of what stories can be. He takes each one of them and makes it into a story and crafts it into one big anthology. And just a little bit that we've talked about it so far has been blowing my mind. I am over the moon to get cracking and dig deeper into it. And without any further ado, Jamari, how are you doing today? I am doing great. It's just a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, I want to dive into it right. I almost want a remix of what we were just talking about, because I definitely feel like the listeners need to hear it. So from the top, what was it that was the idea behind your book? Yeah, so there's this really famous uh, book on writing craft, and it's called Save the Cat. It's mostly for screenwriters, uh, but it's been published for novels. It's been even YA fantasy. And so in this book, it talks about these 10 stories that any story can fit within. And so when I saw that, I thought, oh, that's really cool. I want to write. I wrote 10 short stories within those uh, bounds, but within different genres, but with the co- the theme being redemption. And so you saw the play, like the play on words, it's called, the book is called Save the Cat. And so I called the book Redeeming the Cat. God, I love that. I mean, very often there are certain like things that we just see over and over again, but I love hearing an idea that is truly unique. Now we've talked about your background, right? We talked about your background, that you are a military man, that you have had a certain life, a certain expectations that the world would kind of put onto you. But how did you take that and morph that into your writing? Do you think it had an influence? Were you reading in the trenches? How did that go about? How did the writing come into the aspects? Yeah, so that's a really good question. Um, so I'm actually a military brat too. Uh, so my, I'm a long line of military people. So my, my Dad is a military person. My grandfather was in the Navy. My dad was Army. Uh, My mom is actually a contractor for the Air Force. I have four brothers. Uh, The oldest one, he was Army. Uh, Skipped a brother. He went to be chef. Then the next next brother, he's Army. The brother after that, he's Air Force. And then I'm Air Force. And so definitely a big, huge military family. Kind of military in our blood. It's funny. um, When I went to college, people would ask me like, oh, you're going into the military. That's like super noble. And I was just like, wait, doesn't everybody go to the military? Isn't that normal? And I was like, oh, wait, I'm, I'm the weirdo. I'm the one who's not normal. And so I, I always just thought that was really funny. But um, kind of going back to your, your question. I, so it was actually one of my um, coworkers who actually gave me the book, Save the Cat. Because um, just with what you, with what you do in the work, you want to be able to tell stories. I have to give briefings. Uh, So I'm a captain in the Air Force. I have to give briefings. And a lot of that has to do with you want to be able to tell us, tell the story of what you're saying to your commander in a way that he understands to your audience. And so, um, so he gave me that book in a way to learn more about story craft and storytelling. I had no idea at the time that that would make, that would inspire me to write a book. My God, I have to say that really just I almost had to take a a second there to kind of recompose myself because that is something that I was just thinking about a couple of days ago, like the difference between storytelling and writing. 
Like when I tell my friends a story, I'm all over the place. I'm telling things. I'm that guy that goes like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I forgot this thing. The cat was blue in the beginning. Yeah. So anyway, I'm that person, 100%, without a single doubt. I'm a horrible storyteller. But when it comes to, I guess, more public outings, I feel the pressure. So I know how to refine it. Stay to the point. keep Keep it moving. Keep them engaged. Don't go don't go down a dark corner just keep on the road and i think that's a phenomenal type of thing that you picked up on immediately especially when when writing wasn't an immediate thing in your head it was something that kind of came about after reading this book for another purpose for another purpose for a completely professional purpose and then like this uh, fictional just like creativity started brewing in your head and i love how it all comes together too with a with a military background because I would assume that writing wasn't that crazy popular in your in your family. No, no, not at all. Well, actually, funny enough, actually, my brother he is a poet. <laughs> so the one that's a chef, uh, or, actually, or, or not? No, the one that's uh, actually he just so he was a reservist in the army. He just got he just recently uh, left the army, but he actually goes to do poetry shows. He actually he actually wrote a book as well, which is a poetry book. Which I was like, so. By in mind, I was not thinking like, oh yeah, I'm gonna follow in your footsteps and write a book or anything like that. But um, but he is very good. Uh, his name is Robert Wright. He's a very good uh, poet. He actually goes and does shows uh, and places. So, um, but I would not have thought, even with that, that that's something that I would do. Even though maybe when I was a little kid, I grew up watching anime and manga and all these other things. And maybe when I was a little kid, I was like, oh, I would have. I want to write a manga one day and I'm terrible at art. I can't draw anything. And so I was like, oh, I can't, I can't make a manga, but I can probably write a story. And so I think those little dreams when you have as you're a little kid start to percolate more and more as you get older and you're like, why not now? Like, what, what is what's stopping me? It's COVID, right? Why not write a book? Yes. I frequently talk about that with my friends and on Instagram and my author, the writing community on Twitter and wherever it may be we always consider ourselves like the COVID class. Like what COVID created, that little year, year and a half, the amount of authors that produced and, uh, and artists and creatives and people that just kind of woke up and said, hey, you know what? The company that I'm busting my butt for won't bust its butt for me. So let me try to yeah. go into something that I actually like doing, even if it's not my main pursuit in life, maybe I can at least focus a little more energy on it because you never know what happens tomorrow. And I love that the world's woken up to that level. And we're just seeing creativity on all spectrums now. I love it. You hop on Instagram Absolutely. and you see 70 year olds that like are, have picked up the paintbrush for the first time. And they're beating me. I've been, I've been painting since I was a kid. And, and after a week, you see these people just like, I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, why should I even try anything? But uh, <laughs> yeah. I love that type of creativity because especially in this, podcast and this platform most of the people that I talk to have been writing for such a long time how did it come for you how was it like how did you treat it because writing is such a I always consider kind of like the duck versus water right like you're always like awkwardly walking yeah. around and then you get in the water you're like oh now yeah. I can talk now I know how to say things uh so was it that a, that a thing for you did you like find yourself in it or was it more of an escape Ah, uh, so I think definitely a, a little bit of both, like an escape and I'm just like, oh, I want to, if I'm going to, like, I, I'm the type of person who gets pretty uh, zoned in on what I'm trying to do. And so 
I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I want to be, I want to do it right. I want to do it great. And my, my original idea, mind you, was like, um, I want to write 50 short stories. And I was like, ah, then I got to know a mentor and he was like, I don't think you really want to write 50 short stories. I think you, you want to write 10 and then you want to write a novel. I was like, okay, fair enough. I, I trust what you're saying. You've written more books than me. I, I trust what you're saying. But actually what really like, really got me into like, okay, I actually want to do it now. As I watched a movie, actually. It was an animated movie called Bell. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this movie. It's a, it's a Japanese animated movie called Bell. L-L-E, yes. Yeah. Um, and it's based on um, uh, Beauty and the Beast. But it's like the Beauty and the Beast aspect of the movie is probably the least interesting thing about it honestly mm. but it's a really good movie and it just inspired me I was like oh it brought me back to when I was that little kid who wanted to write like manga and do all these things I was like well there's other people who have written novels and those turn into anime I was like well why can't I just do that and yeah. it's like well okay well that means I need to become a writer that means I need to actually sit down and start writing and I was like okay well then let's let's do this let me see what let me see what I can do. And my first story, you know, this is, I w this is in conjunction with reading this book too. So I was reading this book, which also inspired me. I was like, oh, well, this actually seems like it's doable. Like there's actually a pattern to what makes stories good. Mm. Um, and so I was just like, okay. And then it was actually my first story was on a dream that I had. Um, just like this dream of me being like, kind of buried in my clan like I guess if I'm buried in the uh with my own clansmen and I like jump out and I have these weapons that are like these wind style weapons and I'm throwing them at people and things that I wake up and I'm like man that felt like a movie and I was like well maybe it could be a story and I just turned that my that one dream I had into my first story god and you know what I personally love short stories at that because they're encapsulated stories. They're little, I don't even know how to explain it. They're entire, they're novels compressed down to a couple thousand words and entire concepts yeah. beginning and end. I think that's a lost art. You know, Philip K. Dick dropped hundreds of short stories, but people mostly only recognize them for like his novels and whatnot. But his short stories, I'm looking at one right now called The Nine Billion Names of God. About... Ooh. Yeah, 1,500 words, still I, just a concept to talk about, I think about almost daily. So with a work like yours, I can imagine that a reader would pick the same exact, exact things. It doesn't even matter the length that it is, but it doesn't matter how anything else about it. They would, they would react with the same way that you dreamt it. It'd be like, oh man, I, I don't even remember it, but there were weapons made out of wind. And, I woke, and like a, the, the main character woke up with it in like a clan. It was crazy. It was amazing. It was amazing. I can't remember like the specific words of it, but it was amazing. Um, and I love the way that that creativity kind of unfolds. So how did you treat that process going forward? How did you actually translate that dream into the short story? And did you have an idea yeah. for word count? So I, I originally, so I wanted each story to be 3,000-ish words. That first story <laughs> turned into more like 6,000 just because probably I wasn't quite into the crafting and like there was a lot of mistakes in the beginning and I had to revamp a lot of things and it ended up being 6,000 and I was like I'm happy with that I'm happy with that the next few stories I wanted to keep around that 3,000 kind of range um, but when it came to the writing craft I just started just 
devouring anything I could on YouTube um, on how to write and like, what does it mean to like have a good plot? What is, what is the structure of a story supposed to look like? And I ended up uh, finding out about the self-publishing school. And so the self-publishing school, they, they give you tons of resources on how to write and they give you a mentor. And so I, me and my wife had talked about it and we were like, okay, if you really want to make this your dream, you better, you want to invest in it. And so you're like, all right, then let's do this. We'll do the self-publishing school. And so I started going to the self-publishing school, learning more and more about the writing craft and having this mentor called uh, Rami Vance, who's already a published, very well uh, published, self-published author um, in the fiction urban fantasy genre. And so just being able to talk to him and hear like, uh, I'm, I tell him like what my plot is. And he's like, oh, that seems like you're bouncing around in a lot of different places. Short stories are usually in one, one location, one setting. So you want to go deeper, not wider. And I'm like, that, like, that little thing just opens up a whole world of, oh, yeah, okay. That makes things much, makes things a lot easier, makes things make a lot more sense when I'm writing this story. Hmm. And then he also taught me about the, the uh, I don't know what, the five, the five milestones, the, the five milestones of a story. So you have your introduction, then you have your, your first slap or what other may be called your exciting incident. And then you have your second slap, which goes along with the middle. And then you have your conclusion. And so the, these, these five milestones really help me, okay, I need to order my stories, even though it's a short story. And short stories, you can move around a lot with short stories. You can play around a lot, but a lot of, in general, you wanna still have that five milestone structure. Mm -hmm. Most stories have those, you know, that just like the three act structure. It's basically the same thing as the three act structure, just written in a little bit of a different way. And so, and these are things that I just had no clue even existed until I started writing. Now, I really liked what you just said, the whole thing that you didn't even know that it existed until you, until you got to writing. Because I feel even if you're not an author in your own right, at least 80%, 90% of the people listening can understand the concept because every author, every guest I've ever had on this podcast, over a hundred, I think, I, I believe at this point, have all said the same thing. And you never know how deep the well is until you put your feet in, especially when it comes to being an author. Um, and one thing that I love the most about it is that, but it's also the thing that's the most stressful because it just, it feels like you're in open waters and there's nothing really kind of guiding you and you're just kind of drifting along. But you also love that power that there is nothing holding you that you can just you can go the, literally the ocean is yours you can just do whatever you want right yeah and i think the excitement and just like the ideas of wanting to create the stories brought me probably as far as i got to story four it was when story four hit and i was just like i i like had this this story idea of what i wanted to do i had like plotted it all out and I was like, okay, this is what I want to make my story. And I was started writing and I was just like, I literally have zero clue how to make this story work. And I just sat there just like feeling all this doubt, like, oh, should I even really be writing? Like, what do I do with this? And for just a month, I was just sitting there in just the darkness of what do I do with this idea? And then my wife said to me one day, she was just like, skip it, do the, do the next story. And I was like, yeah, why didn't I just think of that? Why didn't I just skip it and do the next story? And then 
I got inspired when I when I finally got back to that story. I got inspired to write a different story. Uh, we made my wife took a trip to Israel actually, um, and we got got really inspired by this man who was a farmer, um, and just like he was a Palestinian, uh, and just the hardships he went through to try to keep his farm where it was at just inspired me to kind of write a story based on that. Um, just these this this government, this shadow who's trying to take charge of your land. And you can't really do anything about it. Like you, you have the deed to the land, but they're saying that's not good enough. What do you do? And you have people coming down to chop down your trees who, who leave up notices saying, we're going to take your land if you don't respond in 30 days. Like, what do you do with that? And so that inspired me. I was like, oh man, I really want to write a story about that fear. That was like my monster in the house, that story that you did. Monster in the house is kind of this um, Jurassic Park type story where you have this one setting, one location, then there you have this monster and you have a sin. And so those are the three elements of a monster house. You have a sin, one location, and you have um, uh, a monster. And so I wanted to take this, this idea of this monster being the shadow that's taking over your land. Um, and then just once this farm where you can't, you can't leave because if you leave your farm, you're leaving everything you've ever known, your family's history, your family's legacy, you can't leave. And so you're just trapped. And so what are you gonna do? Um, and so um that kind of idea just inspired me to get back to that story which i had completely fallen off of and put into this depressed state but because of just the simple words of my wife saying hey just skip it go to the next one and finally being inspired again it, it just allowed me to keep going and keep get going to the finish god this is why i love connecting with other authors so much that feeling you described i'm actually the opposite when i'm in like a good groove and i'm writing a lot that is actually one of the most stressful things for me because it feels like there's like a, a ball that's rolling and at any point it can hit something and that gives me anxiety but when I hit that thing of like not knowing what to do that's actually my favorite part of writing because I'm, I have an engineering background I love math when that problem to me is like a math problem that you can't understand and like you just keep on thinking about it and thinking about it until you crack it and there's something there's like that eureka moment of like oh I got it the side character will be the one that kills them. And then this way, none, none of the plots that I put on in chapter three gets ruined. Boom, you high five yourself. You know, like you, you, you put some fireworks in the air, like you won. That, that to me, that is one of the most uh, beneficial parts of being an author is that you're creating a world and then you hit that immediate immense pressure. Like, oh my God, I, I messed up. And you have like 12 voices just like laying on top of you. The moment you do it's like, oh, well, good job. You did it. Look at that. Ha ha. And it just keeps on like, getting worse and worse and worse. And then you finally crack and it's like, ah, boom, victory. Um, so going on with that, what do you think was your most eureka, your most victorious moment in this writing process? Mm, my most eureka moment. I think that one was definitely a big one. Um, I think one eureka moment I talked about was verbs and nouns are the, the basis of your story and when i heard that because a lot of people think adjectives is what makes your story or our adverbs is what makes your story just vibrant but it's it's like no just put a better verb in there and you got a better story and i was just like when because i always thought i had to use these flowery like adjectives and adverbs and uh, but then when i when i was reading I was like right yeah and the all these succulent other things, strawberry like, like, all right <laughs> yeah but then uh 
the book that that really showed me that too was I was reading Fight Club, and Fight Club is just very punchy, yeah. super punchy with his the way he writes things. I'm just like he uses barely any adverbs or anything in those at all, and I was just like, well, why do I? Like, if I'm going to learn from the people who have gone before me, why why would I do that? If it's he's clearly shown that this is the better way to write, so I'm just going to find the better verbs and better nouns, and I'll go that way. My God. That's really pinpoint and like advice. That's one of those things that you have to really be at it for a while to understand that. The moment you said that, I had an epiphany that my editor actually told, and that was the very first time that I realized that an editor was worth their money. Because yeah. the line was something along the lines of like, oh, they were standing around not knowing what to do. It was like a whole like, you know, th- two line, three line thing describing what was happening. And she replaced it with the word loiter. And I was like, ah. Yeah, that's way better. Way better. But I mean way better. Like I was over here wasting time, my time, the reader's time, when that one thing encapsulated absolutely everything there was. And I think that was actually a big thing that at first my book was 150,000 and I trimmed it down to 70,000 from that exact logic of like, yeah, we can just, we're not reading poetry. Not that poetry isn't awesome, but like poetry is poetry and novels are novels. Um, and for the most part, it's what we were talking about in the beginning, right? It's when you're just saying a story to a simple friend, you got to keep the ball moving. You can't just go down a, a, like a nice corridor because the flowers were really nice that day. We're talking about what happened at the bar, not how the flowers were on the way there. So keep the story moving. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and especially because your, your, your editors, they get paid by the word. So you want to make sure, especially with, uh, I realized maybe it was really helpful for me too, to have that 3000 word cap, even though it was really hard to like try to fit this story within those 3000 words, but your, your editor is getting paid on all those, each word. You want to make sure they're, that they're making their salt. If you're making them read all these words. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing that I have to ask is you go through the immense, immense work, especially when you had no prior knowledge or experience doing it. You have this incredible burst of creativity, of imagination, of motivation to do this. You do it, you accomplish it. How do you feel about writing now? Do you still feel the same level of wonderment or is a little bit more of like, oh, well, we tried it. I think we'll go on to the next Uh one. I'm more excited than ever. Hell like, yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah. As soon as I like, I was just like, okay, what's the next book? All right, what's, what am I doing next? And it's like, yeah, just the, the love and passion now I have for writing. I'm just like, man, I, I, I can do, I will do this for the rest of my life because it's, it's just so much fun. Um, Honestly, and, yeah. And, yeah, it's just so much fun to be able to like kind of create your own world and yeah, and, and really like I've I still want to create those anime movies so I was just like all right like well this is a great place to go a great place to start my actually I kind of have a, like an idea of what my uh, next book will be and it's actually going to be a series of books um going kind of into that like kind of Japanese light novel kind of area especially because I, I speak Japanese and so what? it's um yeah so it's like it, it helps to like know that culture and, and, and like so it, it really helps to want to write in that kind of genre as well. Um, and my, right now in my head, I just kind of have this idea about this, these kind of 
gates where it's an adventure world where you go through this gate and it introduces kind of like a multiverse where it introduces you to this other world, but it's kind of like this mystical, like mythical world where you can see all of those myths and legends that you'd see turn those into real life as if those were just gates like into our own world. And so, and, but each like entering these gates is forbidden and the main character, his family gets in trouble because they go entering these gates and he ends up being carted off to adoption. But he has this book that tells him about these gates and that's how he starts on this adventure. And the power that he has is the ability to save his point, kind of like a game, kind of like with an RPG. He gets to, if he dies, he gets to save his point and go back to the point where he was at again. And so kind of the idea just came into my head was like, oh, the, the adventure is uh, the quick saver's guide to adventure. And so, damn, that's good. Damn, that's good. Damn, that's really good, honestly. Wow. All right, yeah, because I'm a huge fan of Hitches and Guides of the Galaxy. So anything even semi along that name scheme, I mean, if I saw that at a library, that's picking up with how to, I'm not even looking at the cover. I'm not even looking at anything else. Like, oh, yeah, okay, cool, boom, cart. Wow, that's really good. Especially the whole lit RPG genre is like getting significantly bigger and bigger and little things like that are always phenomenal. I love adding different genres into something and kind of just like making it this huge like casserole of like creativity. Yeah, it's it's especially, oh, I was just going to say, especially because I, it's hard for me to write in one genre or one thing. So I'm just like, oh, if I do this, I can add a little bit of everything in there, which I want to, you know. But go, go ahead, sorry. No, don't be, don't apologize at all. All I was going to say is that I wrote a sci-fi fantasy and the main, one of the main villains, the main like monster in the book is directly inspired by Boo from Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just, like the way that the things that you can draw inspiration from are endless. And I remember... You know, especially the things that almost kind of like a nod to your to your book, to your following book, to the next idea, to the quick saver's guide. It's like as you're watching TV as a kid, there's things that you're mentally recording, but you don't even know why yet. You know, understand what I'm saying? Like you're yeah. watching it. It's like the same yeah. thing with the anime. So you're watching it and like your brain is doing some serious subconscious recording there. And it's like, yeah, this is important right here. By the time you're just enjoying it. And it doesn't realize, like, you don't realize later until what all those, like, data is until you're trying to compile something together. Like, I'm sure all the anime ideas that you watch from a kid kind of, like, came out of nowhere when, like, you started doing, like, the writing ideas. So, out of all that immense creativity, what is something that you really want to make your own version of? Is there anything from that that you saw when you were a kid It's like, oh, yeah, we need to do that? For example, with the whole thing with Boo is... As I was, as a kid, even before understanding the whole idea of good and bad and morality and all these things, I love that Boo was silent. Every other bad guy in Dragon Ball Z did this whole monologue of how they were the bad one and they were going to come and do X, Y, Z and all this. And Boo came around just smacking folks, smacking folks. No conversation, no, uh, you know, peace offering, no conversation, nothing. Just smacks. And there was something about that that was significant to me even as a child. And I was dead set on recreating that in my, in my own eyes and my, with my own hands. To you, do you have something like that? Something you're like, oh, this, yes. Yes, I need to do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, it's uh, so I to this day read it and I've been reading it probably since I was, I don't know, nine or 10 years old. It's called One Piece. Cool. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> One Piece. And just the the way he way Oda writes and illustrates freedom is just what I want to emulate in my writing. Just the ideas that he he's all like, and Luffy, his main character, is just the embodiment of freedom. Mm-hmm. And in each everywhere he goes, he's liberating like these people. He's liberating. He liberates all of his crew. He liberates uh, every like town he goes to, and you, eventually, I'm assuming he's going to liberate the entire world. And so, just this light coming to darkness through freedom, and just this, I've just I've never seen. Um, a more beautiful picture of what freedom looks like in, in a story. Damn. That's, again, I love it when movies do this. And honestly, this episode is doing the same, where the beginning is very similar to the end. We started talking about the whole thing of like storytelling and how everything goes. And I think the most effective storytelling is when they put a message, but it's not ham-fisted in your face. It's very subtle and you just kind of derive it on your own. One Piece is a very animated, and not just because it's animated, but the characters are very animated. Yeah. You know, if you know, you know. Uh, and the fact that you can see that ridiculousness, that like just fantastical, like wow, this is amazing, and still be and still kind of like derive your own allegorical meaning from it. To me, that in its essence is what good writing is. And I think you being able to pick up on that and wanting to emulate your own means that you are very much on the track to doing exactly that and I am just so happy to be able to like hear this in the beginning stages just so I can we can compare in like two years and have another talk and be like oh yeah you know I'm on the third book now bestseller ah, what can you do what can you do my hands are tied you know <laughs> the idea just come to me you know <laughs> yeah. so yeah I I have absolutely had a blast from this conversation we're approaching the end now unfortunately it has been such a phenomenal conversation you can have so many more honestly Definitely need to get you back for later recordings, later episodes. But for anyone listening, Redeeming the Cat is out now. Amazon, all the information will be in the bio, in the description, in the comments, in the captions, in the banners. You know, you know how the internet works. The links will be there. You follow them and you make sure to support Jamari. I just hit my own mic there because that is how you know we keep it real around here. Okay. (laughs) But in all honesty, well worth it. This conversation has truly just, just as a reader, as a fan, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm all about Jamari right now. And if you're not, you need to be. So before we sign off, is there anything that you want to say before we go? Any shout outs, anything? Well, one, I'm just really just happy to be on the call. I really appreciate the invite. It's it just seems very surreal to me that I'm on this call right now. It feels very surreal. Um, definitely want to shout out my wife, Victoria Suarez, right? She has kept me going through this whole entire process, and I would definitely not have been able to finish this book without her. And then one more, I want to shout out my best friend, Andre Arnett, who's also a writer. Uh, it's so funny because we've been best friends for the longest time, and I was not writing, and he's been writing forever. And so he is my number one person who I will always get to read my stuff first. And I appreciate every single little edit he gives me. 
uh, it's beautiful. So I just want to reach out. I just want to thank those two people and just thank you for having me on this uh, this podcast. It's been a blast. I, I love talking about writing. I love uh, hitting up with other writers. So it's just it's just been a blast. And I'm just excited to, to keep going on this journey. Definitely. Uh, honestly, one of the things that I love the most about this industry that it's not like the rap or music career, there's no beef. We're all supporting each other. It's all it's just like a genuine thing of like, oh, how's what's your story about? And even if your story is similar to another person, it's not even a jealousy thing. It's more like, oh, how though? What do you do with this character? Oh, how do you treat this trope? How did you get over this hurdle when you get to the middle and you don't know what to do with your B plot or your C plot? Yeah. It is it's endless. It's a truly a craft that no one has mastered in all of history but we're all just trying to get to that illusion of perfection that no one will ever reach, but we're all just going there and trying harder and using each other and not using each other, but, you know, learning from one another and yeah. going building off one another, building one off yeah. of one another and taking ideas. And I love it. I love it. It's one of the most fruitful things ever. You said something earlier that I really loved. It was the whole idea that you don't even understand until you get here. I would say that writing, the feeling of writing prior to actually writing is almost like being in high school and hearing a love song without being in love yet. And then you do fall in love and then you hear a love song and you're like, oh, this makes sense. That's exactly how writing is. It's exactly how writing is. You have no idea. Then you start writing and you're like, okay, now I understand why there's like 400 writing podcast now i understand why there's a thousand different authors and a million different books because this is awesome even if you're writing about the same things it's phenomenal um and i truly want to thank you again for coming on it was truly such a phenomenal conversation and thank you for opening up about the book and your past and everything phenomenal definitely you have you back as a returning guest jamari wright will be at shelves near you, I promise you. Barnes & Noble, Indigo, if you're in Canada, wherever it may be, Amazon, without a doubt. Keep your eye out. Redeeming the cat out now. And you already know what's coming soon. That story is craziness. Wait until it comes out. And we definitely will have him back on when it does to promote about it, to, to talk about it, and to make sure that y'all listeners pick it up. So without any further ado, this is the end of the podcast, AR's Tales, a.k.a. the ART Podcast. I've been AR. This has been the phenomenal Jamari. We will be back next week with another author, another creative, and we're going to be talking about what we love doing the most. Until then, peace out.